Hello, you are listening to the Burst Cross Scottish Football Podcast, episode number 188. Once again, I am your host, Johnny Clark. Just a small panel, well, the smallest possible panel with me today. It's just Tom McKinnon. Hello, pleasure to be here. I'm sure you could get smaller. Just one. Well, it could just be me talking yeah. to myself for half an hour. Yeah. Um, don't think you can really call that a podcast anymore. Um, fortunately, to fill some time, not more than a time filler, this is... Um, to start off this podcast with an interview with Andrew Driver this interview admittedly should have been posted a long time ago um, My fr- a friend of the podcast Jan from Amsterdam uh, works for a newspaper over there and spoke to Andrew after a, a de Graaf shop game I think he plays for um, and this is, what, this is what Andrew had to say What do you think in terms of the comparison between the, the level of football in the Netherlands at the Graafschap and where would they play in the Scottish League, what do you think? What would you think? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think if you look at um, the attendance, average attendance, you'd say yeah. well, they're definitely a Premier League team. They're the, probably top six, nearly seven. Um, so I think they'd definitely be a, an yeah. SPL team. Um, yeah, they get higher gates than the likes of Motherwell, Portic Thistle, Hamilton, Ross County, Kilmarnock. Ah, exactly. <laughs> so, I think, yeah, I think there's, um, I think we'd, we'd do okay. Um, obviously, it's, it's very hard to compare leagues. Yeah, I know, but it's just a broad comparison. Yeah. What made you come to the Netherlands? Uh, just an opportunity mm-hmm. um, arose. I was a free agent coming back from, well, I was I was at Aberdeen. I came back mm-hmm. from America, and um, I fancied another another shot at doing something. So it was quite exciting, and um, it's kind of funny how it worked out. I was very lucky because I landed uh, I landed at a great club, and um, the rest is history. It's been a great time. There's not been many footballers from the UK making the step abroad, really. No. Would you know why? Would you have a? It's, I think it's because. Once you're in like an area, mm-hmm. um, you're you're kind of in the loop. So if you're in England, you're in the loop of England, mm-hmm. and it's hard to get out. Like when I came here, I had to come trial. When if you get offered a contract, you're not going to do that. So um, I would like to see people will do it, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as easy as you would think it would be. The, the football isn't as international as you expect, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it would have been an easier option to stay in Scotland. But, um, Is there offers from Scotland at all? Uh, well, I could have gone on trial places, the same, and I'd rather come and try something out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I always said when I was younger, um, if I could play football, um, it's the best job in the world, but to go and see the world while you do it and sample other cultures is um, something I always wanted to do, so I'm happy I've managed to come and do this. As a Dutch guy who's been living in Scotland for a couple of years, what's the weirdest thing for a Scottish guy coming to the Netherlands? Ah, it's just a language. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult language. Um, I find it hard. Um, but there's not, there's not too much different. It's kind of weird. I think Holland is as British as, as, British as you can get being abroad. So um, I love it. The, the people are great. Where I live, the neighbours are fantastic. And um, Dutch people really are great. And honestly, it's something really a good experience I've had. So I suppose you'll be staying around here for a while. <laughs> As you know, you never know in football. Um, you seem adventurous. You'd try another country, would you? Uh, I never know, do you? I, I always um, never never put a lid on where you want to go. Um, we'll see. But I just concentrate on doing as well as I can for the grass shop. Yeah, interesting. Uh, very, very interesting stuff there from Andrew Drivers. Says he, he really likes living in the Netherlands. It's similar to the UK. 
Um, it's quite refreshing to see um, a player from Britain abroad, isn't it, Tom? Yeah. Um, more and more seem to do it now with Danny Wilson and uh, Johnny Russell making the trip to America. Good, something I encourage. Seems to be beneficial to those who do it. Yeah, and he's talking about potentially moving on to other places um, outside of the Netherlands as well. So it's not kind of he's not limiting himself at all to never mind coming back to the UK uh, or staying in the Netherlands. He's thinking about going even further afield, which you've got to kind of give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to be appreciated the step to move away from your friends and family, particularly someone who lived in big city like Edinburgh most of his life, if not all of it. To live, mm. to just totally change his culture and football and identity as well. Yeah, by all means, he's by all accounts he's having a good time over there anyway, and he's 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 doing well too. That interview was actually before Christmas, so as I say I've I've got a brain like a sieve, so that one just totally slipped me by after uh, Jan sent it to us. So apologies, Jan, if you're listening. Um, glad I can make it up to you now. We'll just go on and we'll start with. Today's games, I hope you've been watching the, te- uh, the telly all day with your hangover. Um, we'll start off with the Rangers away at Hamilton, 5-3. Did you watch the game? I did, yes. It was a bit Thank of a classic. That. It was. Um, I actually went in the shower and missed four goals um, <laughs> in the first half. I hope you were paying more attention. I was. I missed the first three minutes of sports scene and missed the first four as well. So I didn't really get much of a roundup of them, but... Some brilliant attacking, but and this I don't think this counts as lazy journalism, but I think there was some awful, awful defending from both sides, particularly Hamlin, obviously, but some of the defending <laughs> was awful. But Windass getting hat trick again, I think he's really taken himself to the next level recently. Absolutely, that's nine goals in five games for Windass, so that just shows you that's absolutely incredible. Uh, the defensive part is also clear that's Hamilton now with the worst defence in the league um, 47 goals they've conceded and they've got a few games in hand as well so they'll probably make that well comfortably over the 50 mark um, before they've even played the same amount of games as Ross County uh, but as you say that that fourth goal in particular from the throw in mm-hmm. that's probably the worst bit of defending you'll see all season it's just it's non-league standard stuff mm-hmm. from, from Aki's and it's, it's got to be a serious worry for them mm-hmm. now hasn't it yeah, well, that's that's them in eleventh as well. Still, or uh, this weekend, so mm. it's looking a bit ominous. They've got a couple of games in hand, but at that end of the table, you want points, not uh, games in hand. It's starting to look a bit ominous again because Ross County seem to be picking up a bit. Hamilton are on a bit of a downward trajectory, particularly after losing Doherty. Could be another mm. season playing against us. Hopefully, are you looking forward to the inevitable Hamilton? Beating Dundee United in the playoffs mm-hmm. at the end of the season. I am looking forward. Excited. I am looking forward to the inevitable Hamilton versus Livingston playoff final. <laughs> Should be a bit of a thriller. <laughs> we'll come on to Livingston later. Actually, mm-hmm. they have been absolutely flying mm-hmm. recently. Um, incredible win for them last night. But you touched on Rangers' attack a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's give them some credit because they have been well very exciting to watch recently, haven't mm-hmm. they? You've mentioned Windass, but not just him. Um, the whole attack mm. today was, was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, Jamie Murphy. I think the uh, pass for Morales' goal was just exquisite. Made a bit of a meal of the, sh- the shot in the first place, but I think it's like you could say if, if Messi did it, it would be thousands and thousands of retweets and whatever else. It was just sublime. 
goes far as saying world class just to have that the foresight to do that um, mm. not to be greedy like that and I think with the tent, the bids around Morelos looking like they're going to be about 11 million I think you could do a lot worse than getting um, Josh Windass for half that if you're a Chinese team I think because what 8 million 5, 6, 7, 8 million gets you Windass' mm. services I suppose he's just signed a new contract mm-hmm. at the weekend there though so yeah. he's uh, doesn't look like he's intended on going anywhere anyway but do you think today that Cummings is on the bench? You know, the Rangers have been talking about how many how much problems they've had going forward, but when mm-hmm. you've got that sort of depth now, all of a sudden, um, and it is looking really good. We talked about Murphy as well. He got that sort of monkey off the back. His mm-hmm. air, he looked so happy when he scored, even mm-hmm. though it was the sixth in a, in a routing of a League One club. Mm-hmm. But that just clearly has given him the confidence because he mm-hmm. was fantastic today, wasn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant. I think that, that was aided by it not just being a one-man attack, I think the four of them, Morelos, Windas, Murphy and Candias, I think they've all got skills that they bring and between them they're looking like they might just be a perfect attack, something that you might see lacking in Celtic at the moment and Aberdeen and Hibs. They're looking like they've got four, and if you include Cummins, five top-level top players that just will win the matches as they did today if their defence is poor like it has been quite a lot recently. You almost took us perfectly on to the second game there, mm. which is Celtic against St Johnston and that attack. Um, couldn't breach St Johnston today. That's the third time St Johnston have been away to the old firm this season. Mm. They have five points. It's the difference between them being 11th and being, I think they're 8th in the table. Ninth. So it's, are they 9th? Yeah, a couple of games in hand as well. It's this sort of myth that they're consistent but they're getting the points that nobody else seems to get away mm-hmm. well obviously Hamilton won away at Ibrox as well but they're not consistent but they are getting mm. they're getting results like this one today the, yeah the first time they went to Celtic Park a lot of people described them as one of the best teams they've seen the way they set up against Celtic it wasn't exactly attacking but it was um, the way they pressed them right high up the pitch was quite brave whereas this time round it seems a bit more Celtic were just really not at it had to make a lot of changes from Thursday. Um, the players that were in from Thursday looked quite tired, like Kuasi and McGregor, uh, who were both brilliant on Thursday night. Um, but the defence, you look at it, you, it wasn't a particularly great defence, kept a clean sheet, but a lot of um, Celtic's attacks begin with the fullbacks and Calvin Miller, Christian Gamboa. C- mm-hmm. Clearly Rodgers doesn't rate them nearly as high as Lustig and Tierney because they play, the two of them, Lustig and Tierney play all the time. So it's not exactly uh, the greatest sign that Rogers rates either of them, I don't think. I can't imagine either of them be there for too much longer. Mm. I was actually at that St Johnson mm-hmm. game earlier in the season, uh, the one-each game, mm-hmm. and they were really unlucky. I think they Celtic equalised with eight, eight, on the 80th minute, mm-hmm. but they were, so, they were so unlucky not to be too ahead St Johnson because mm-hmm. if I remember rightly, McLean missed a really good chance uh, just after the hour mark, mm-hmm. St Johnson came out the second half firing that day. Uh, but you mentioned there the Zenit game. You were there. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about that. Um, I think when you look back at it, it was a good performance from Celtic. Zenit just were absolutely not at the races. Mm. I, th- I think that was part, well, quite a big way down to their uh, winter break, just coming to an end there. But they were just they offered nothing. They didn't they didn't sit in and play for nil nil draw. They just offer nothing. They've got very expensive footballers in that pitch. Paredes, who's incredibly highly rated at Roma and went there for big money, just 
bang average in comparison to Scott Brown and Abu Kwasi and uh, McGregor. They just walked over them. Um, I think one thing that has to be taken from it is it was only one. Celtic really should have been getting two or three there and putting the tie to bed. Because you mm. can just see it. They'll go to St Petersburg next week and it'll be a hard luck story or just squeaking through. Whereas if they'd gone and took a... In fairness, they didn't create that many chances, but they were just so, so dominant. They should have they should have been created a couple more chances. Dembele was pretty quiet. I think if he'd been in the team a bit more or playing at a higher level, he would, or playing at a, uh, a better level even, he would have uh, taken a couple of chances, been in better positions. But um, you can just see it. If they they really need to turn up in Zenit, whereas if they'd got the two or three, they maybe could have not rested as many players today and had a fitter 11 next week. But... All in all, quite a good result, but could do better. Hmm, that's a tough assessment. Could do better. They mm-hmm. beat Zenit St Petersburg at home. Of course, mm-hmm. it was, as you said, Zenit won. We're not at the races. Um, but how do you see the, th- the game on Thursday? Because, I mean, if Celtic go there and score, Zenit mm-hmm. have got to score three times. So obviously, that's kind of obvious, but mm-hmm. it, it makes the sort of opening phase to the game so important, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I think... I think it shows it gives them something to play for as well. Whereas if they were two or three up, they would just sit in, and that, given Celtic's defensive frailties at times, particularly in Europe, if not Scotland as well, um, could make for a particularly nervous night. Whereas at least this, they can try and play a bit more of a normal game, get the goal if they can get it early, even better, and that gives Zenit um, three. You'd like to think they would keep a keep them below three, but with that Celtic mm. backline, you're just not sure at times yeah the, the Celtic defence especially mm-hmm. in Europe obviously in the Champions League it was uh, a sight to behold sometimes mm-hmm. when they're playing some of the top top teams but obviously got a clean sheet on Thursday but the results in Europe just kind of come for me in a, what has probably been Rogers' most difficult time mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's maybe a bit of an unfair assessment but today's result obviously their last league game was a loss to Kilmarnock Um that's two games without scoring, which I don't think has happened on the bounce in the league. Mm. And the Celtic fans are kind of saying, well, four or five games aside, the team just haven't been at the races at all this season. They've, they've not been good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that Zenit games, obviously it's an incredible result for them. And if mm. they can go and finish the job, it would be fantastic. I mean, that would be a great achievement mm-hmm. for them to get to the, the round of 16. So it's quite a weird... A weird timing for such a, a positive result, I think. Um, give us a prediction for the for the second leg. Two ones in it. it. Oof. I think they'll get through, but just. That's a really difficult one, actually. Mm-hmm. Try to think about it. Um, I fancy Celtic to go through. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say two two, over there. I can see it being two mm. one last minute. Uh, Zenit are chucking absolutely everything kitchen sinks mm. flying Celtic break up the other end get a two each mm-hmm. make it look comfortable yeah um, looking forward to the game actually but mm-hmm. we'll move on and we'll talk about another cup the greatest cup mm-hmm. uh, it is the challenge cup and we will have an all Scottish final mm-hmm. that is a wonderful thing yeah I, I, some would argue it's the biggest cup in Scotland actually um, can only say in Europe yeah uh, sad to see us our title be going soon mm. um, not many teams can say they've won the Ironbury Cup but 
just proud to be a Dungeon United fan in these times. Actually, I think it did not take Rangers four years to win the thing. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> we did it first time round. Inverness could do it as well first time round. That's right. And I, I think I've, I've seen somewhere that Dumbarton's, this is Dumbarton's first uh, cup final, or major cup final in in 100 years. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen that. So, you know, that was a, a way to TNS. The two goals, have you seen the two goals? Uh, I have heard Foxelisa's goals. Fantastic. Brilliant, yeah, the free kick. Yeah, the free kick was wonderful. I think the first goal's even better. Mm. The boy just lines it up outside the box, curls it right mm. foot right into the top corner. And by the way, a moment to credit the Dumbarton support because that's a fantastic away following mm-hmm. going all the way to Wales. Mm-hmm. And there must have been yeah, treble figures anyway because mm-hmm. I mean, they, they gave it some serious limbs when that ball hit the net <laughs> um, both occasions. And mm-hmm. they probably outnumbered the Inverness home crowd tonight, actually. Yeah. 1,044 was all that were inspired in Inverness for that horrible kickoff time on a Sunday yeah. evening. Um, but a 3-2 win probably should have been more comfortable against the best team in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. of, of course they knocked Dundee United out in the last round but yeah. Dundee United's under 20 is in the last round that's yeah that's not a particular was that not um, the manager's first game in charge yes it was wonderful mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't or, have got off to a mm-hmm. better start mm-hmm. I think it was yeah it was yeah you're was it the second game I think here, but um, let's think about this final. Mm-hmm. Where is this going to take place? Where should this take place? Inverness, Caledonian Thistle v Dumbarton. Perth seems got, uh, yeah logistically the most the easiest to get to. Perth or Dundee mm. seems. Perth seems McDermott Park seems to be the perfect one, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, it's right. Inverness, it's two and a half hours on the bus. Mm. Uh, Dumbarton is probably two hours. Mm. Um, it's a reasonably sized stadium, but you won't fill it. Dumbarton will take a couple, a couple of thousand, maybe. Yeah. And they'll get a few day trippers for their first cup final in a while, probably. Mm. Inverness will probably take the same. Mm. Uh, I've actually at an Inverness cup final in in Perth before. I think they played Airdrie mm. when they won the Challenge Cup or something. I was really young, so I don't really remember. Mm. Um, that was a good day out actually. Back when my dad was trying to convince me to be an Inverness supporter, mm. obviously growing up there when I was a kid, that just was not interested. I think. Um, predictions for the final. Let's have them. I think Dumbarton might just do it. I have a feeling they'll. It'll mean a lot more to them. That's what. Mm. In fairness, that's what I said for last year's final. I got the impression it meant a lot more to St. Mary than it did to us. Um, but I, I think I would. I, I hope Dumbarton get it. Great for a club like them, I think, to lift silverware. Mm. Of course, Inverness are actually Scottish Cup winners in 2015. Mm-hmm. So they're probably... Obviously, it wouldn't be one of their greatest ever accolades, but I, I think they're good enough. Mm-hmm. I think Inverness will beat them, Barton. I think it'll be quite comfortable, actually. Mm. Um, big stage moment for them, Barton, and they just get a bit scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go 2 nothing to Cali. Mm-hmm. Um... But no, it's very. I'm actually delighted to see the the final will be all Scottish mm-hmm. and the nineteenth best team, and the twenty first best team in our in our league systems beating the top two teams in Wales and Northern mm-hmm. Ireland. Um, it's just amazing how good our game can look when you don't constantly compare it to the English Premier mm-hmm. League. 
Uh, obviously, Wales have got Cardiff and Swansea, but it's still mm. they're not only a couple mm. of million smaller than our country, and we've twentieth mm. best team is uh, are beating them away from home. So, yeah, a bit of credit for Dumbarton and Inverness there, I think, is due. Yeah, very much so. Um, we'll move on to another team that are due a lot of credit and that are getting a lot of credit right now, and that's Hibernian. Mm. That was a fantastic and very, very comfortable win mm. against Aberdeen yesterday, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, it's seen a lot about um, a lot of people saying that it's looked like Scotland's best midfield, that midfield three at Hibs. Yeah. It's hard to argue. I think probably Celtic on their day have got a better one, but I think you'd be hard pushed to find a better three than them, than uh, McGinn, uh, McGeech and Scott Allen. Mm. That's that. I think that's. I don't know. On the on the day, yeah, I'm I'm a big big fan of Dylan McGeech actually. Mm. Since I know he's had his really bad injury problems, but when I was watching Hibs, I watched Hibs quite a lot when they were coming up. The season they didn't go up, they lost to Falkirk in the playoffs. Yeah. And in the playoffs, he was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just knows how to, to treat a football. Like his passing is fantastic. Mm. Um as I say if it just was wasn't for the injury problems, but I'm sure there'll be a few ang- angry Aberdeen angry um Celtic fans mm-hmm. listening to that problem. but it's is a fair claim, isn't it? I mean that is a a strong, strong mm. midfield McGinn McGeek. And obviously mm. Allen's got a bit of probably the, the least proven of the three. Mm. I'd echo, I'd echo that sentiment with uh, Scott Allen as well. He absolutely knows how to pass the ball. Just mm. wish he'd stayed at United a bit longer or went to Rangers instead of Celtic. Just a few very poor career decisions and he's having to keep feel like he has to keep um, rebuilding his career again. Mm. But I think he, under Lennon he's got a manager that he trusts and knows how to play under by the looks of it. Yeah, another man that might have stayed at Dundee United but... He didn't because he's a massive Dundee fan. Mm, massive, apart. Simon Murray. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's a massive. Supported him all Dund- his life. Yeah, I don't think he's a particularly massive Dundee fan. He's a, he was a supporter of the club, but I don't think he was a diehard or anything. But fair play to him. He's scoring goals for his club. Mm. I do not particularly care for him either way. I don't think he's a particularly <laughs> good footballer either. I think that's <laughs> something I've made clear a few times in the past. Um, is that right? I've never heard that that hot take before. <laughs> mm. Just run us through that. You don't think Simon Murray's very good at no, football? Not at all, no. But I think in the right system, and for once in his career, he does seem to be playing, looks like he's going to consistently play with a partner. Albeit partner Sophie Musa isn't particularly good either. <laughs> he does like a penalty goal. Um, but it, it would be interesting to see him play consistently with a striker, because he did play his best football with us. Alongside Mickelson, another tall, awkward, not very good striker. <laughs> oh, so just laying into Dundee United's for uh, Dundee's forwards after mm. a good away win for them. That's the, that's their coverage. Their strikers just get slagged off. Mm. I I do think Murray as much as I don't particularly like. I think he's a good sign. He he ticks a lot of their boxes. Mm. Isn't I think I'm sure he doing, he'll do very good for them. I think I he'll keep them up. I don't think they'll go down. I've said that all season. I hope they don't go down or finish 11th, actually. I'm just praying that doesn't happen because that will be awful because they will beat us. So if, <laughs> if we're even lucky enough to get to to that stage. 
if you're not beaten by Aki's before. Oh no, well, it would have to be the final, obviously, for. Yeah. I'd be living. Either Aki's or Dundee. I don't know what you'd rather. Um, um, pick your nightmare. I'd rather get beat by Hamilton just because it would just. <laughs> wouldn't be able to show face in Dundee again. <laughs> but. But yeah, Simon Murray with a double and mm. two very late goals. I think one of them was potentially just offside. Mm. VAR. Um, <laughs> don't even mention the words. I can already hear Alan Shearer just shouting at me. Uh-huh. I've not even said anything about it yet. Mm. But that's an absolutely huge win, I think, for Dundee because they were, they've been such horrible... Obviously, the end of the January transfer window was really not good for them. Mm-hmm. And then they've been struggling ever since, really. But that's mm. a massive three points and just to pull away from, from Hamilton and Ross mm. County. Although, if, I think if Murray can score goals, which touch where he looks like he might be doing, I think they could actually look back on January as a bit of a success in a way. Getting Cocker in mm. was, I know it wasn't January, but it was a good sign. And, and Scott Allen, as good as he was, he wasn't featuring that much under McCann. He was coming off the bench a lot. They did look a better side when he was playing, but I think there was a bit of a breakdown in relationship between the two of them. And Scott Bain mm. was, at, was just a non-entity at Dundee anymore. So, I mean, if, if Murray can keep winning games for them, be that scoring goals or creating chances, I don't think if I think you could look back at January has been quite a good month for them, off the field. I, re- I remember your your take at the end of January mm. was that out of the three moves that happened on mm. deadline day between Hib Celtic mm-hmm. and Dundee, that Dundee were the worst hit. Yeah. By the three of the three, mm-hmm. do you stick by that? Um, possibly because I think Celtic got what they needed in a backup keeper. I don't think it was a pretty glamorous signing, and I don't think you'll see a lot of Scott being if anything. Um, Hibbs got their man, but and he, he was a big player for Dundee when he was playing. But I don't, I just, I don't think McCann. He didn't fit his system. I think more than anything else, they had to sort of work around him as opposed to him fitting in the team. Whereas Simon Murray does sit, does suit the way McCann wants to play. Um, so I, th- I think if Murray can score goals, it will be. They will probably have had the best of it, probably alongside uh, Hibs, because Scott Allen looks perfect fit for them. Hmm. But that is um, banking on a poor finisher scoring lots of goals, so I'm not going to hold my breath. Hmm. I think Simon Murray is a very good footballer. Hmm. That is my opinion of Simon Murray. I think when I was watching him play for our bro five, I thought he was fantastic. Hmm. Just the speed is how raw he is he's mm-hmm. one of the most raw if you know what I mean he's just yeah. so it's like a child playing football mm-hmm. but it's, it's, when he gets the ball he wants to score simple as that mm-hmm. and I really enjoy watching him play actually and yeah. I thought he was unfortunate to to have to leave Hibs um, and I think it's a really good sign for mm-hmm. Dundee as you say because their strike force is a bit I'm a, I'm a huge Elbak Tui fan from his days in the lower leagues but mm-hmm. he just he isn't really hitting the the heights that I thought he could when I yeah. seen him play in League One, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's an important signing for them. For Partick, a bad weekend, mm-hmm. um, and they they are really because they, they seem to be getting a bit of form together, and now they're really in the, in trouble mm-hmm. again, aren't they? Yeah, do worry for them actually. Seem to just it does seem to just be a get a couple of results together. Looks like right, that'll be it. This is them. Finishing sixth or seventh, maybe not sixth now, but finishing seventh, getting himself out of it as they traditionally do under Archibald after a poor start. But it just seems every time it looks like they've turned the corner, something disappointing 
like Saturday happens again because the goals were poor to concede. Some of the, the marking was awful. I just do, do worry that it's getting a bit too late now for Partick to just turn it around as they have done in the past. Hmm. Let's move on to game number five. I actually had Dundee written below mm. uh, the motherwell Kelly game there, but I thought it was actually probably... Um, worthy of giving Simon Murray a bit of a bit of limelight, so mm-hmm. we'll talk about Kelly now because they are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, people talking about them being in Europe next season, Kilmarnock mm-hmm. FC, the team that couldn't win, a, they won like four home games in a year and a half mm-hmm. or something scandalous, and, and we can't even say enough how much Steve Clark's changed them round. Mm-hmm. It's it's been absolutely wonderful and another fantastic three points, three points on Saturday, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Just phenomenal what a really, really good manager can do to a team. Because mm. um, I don't think McCulloch's a bad manager. I think he was just a bit underqualified. But Clark's come in and just looks... He's absolutely revitalised the club and the fan base as well. Because you think it was quite a positive atmosphere at the start of the season with the sign-ins and the, the board as well. And then getting beat by air was a, a sign of what was going to come. And he thought, oh no, it's going to be just another one of those seasons. McCulloch will go and they'll get in a disappointing uh, candidate like so maybe a Jim McIntyre. But getting Steve Clark is just hmm. incredible. I, I don't think it's that that out of the way to see if to see them in to Europe. And I don't I don't think it's beyond them to go win the Scottish Cup either. I think they're hmm. going to be playing at Aberdeen at a good time. Uh, they're not particularly playing their best football. They don't have a good record against them at all, but uh, I, I, I think a good season is on the cards for Kilmarnock here. Yeah, I think Aberdeen are the one team that have kind of sussed out Steve Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, they've beaten him twice. and I, I think since Derek McInnes has come in, I'm sure this is true. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I've lied a couple of times on the podcast before, <laughs> but I don't think Derek McInnes has ever dropped a point at Rugby Park mm-hmm. as Aberdeen manager. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the cup ties at Pataudry and it's a cup tie in a way so you can't drop points mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that moves Kelly three points clear on Motherwell mm-hmm. into the top half two games in hand and also mm-hmm. seven clear of Dundee we've mm-hmm. got to remember this is a club whose objective is to stay in the league mm-hmm. and they're 12 points ahead of Hamilton mm-hmm. it's just three points behind Hearts as well mm-hmm. if they beat Hebs then when they're two games in hand, they'll be three points behind Hibs. Obviously, that's stretching mm-hmm. big time. Uh, there's a lot of ifs in there. Mm-hmm. But it just it is, honestly, it's remarkable mm-hmm. to turn around under, under Clark. Um, it's just going to be a case, I think, of, of how long Kelly can keep hold of him because there's going to be bigger, mm-hmm. bigger clubs coming in and looking at him, yeah, surely. Yeah. Well, the Rangers job looks like it might be up for grabs in the summer well definitely will be but whether Graham Murray puts himself in a position where he can just automatically get it like he did for the till the end of the season um, and then I think uh, Barnsley looking at Jack Ross I think they had a better manager than Steve Clark the league above doing as good a job I think they were pretty foolish I think um, Leeds as well I think I think he could more than do a job in the English Championship and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to an English Premiership club, Premier League club even, and yeah. continued the success. I think he is a, just a brilliant manager. See, maybe there's just that kind of feeling of, I don't know, Jack Ross has got the, 
a slightly better style of play or a slightly mm. better philosophy. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Mm. Or maybe it's the fact that Steve Clarks obviously was at Reading um, and mm. was fired not so long ago. I don't know if that's going to be playing on people's minds because I think he was actually harshly fired. Yeah. Um, then there's same with West Brom. I think he was harshly dealt with because I mean, he guided them to their highest Premier League finish, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a guy with huge credentials, capable mm. of doing it at a higher level. Um, mm. But for now, you've just got to enjoy what he's doing at Kilmarnock because, mm. yeah, that is... They're, they're actually very enjoyable to watch and I'm sure Kelly fans will be absolutely delighted mm. that every day he stays. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll move on to the last game in the top flight and Ross County might feel a little bit hard done by uh, not to have beaten mm. Hearts. I mean, I've watched the replay mm. five times and I don't have a clue if it's in. I actually think it's not in. Mm-hmm. Um, sports scene's a little blurry circle with a ball in it that actually it's harder to tell. It's, it didn't help much. Um <laughs> They do that every week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, here, there's here's a different angle that's even worse. <laughs> um, now, you, now you've got less of a clue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they'll, they'll feel hard done by the one to Ross County because, yeah, obviously it's it's late in the game. They've mm-hmm. had that. It's a huge chance, and yeah, they deserve a win on Saturday. Uh, just about. I th- I th- think Hearts probably would have felt a bit hard done by if they had got beaten but if you yeah. were to pick a winner of the two it probably was Ross County and I think these are the results in the season that you think if your luck was just a wee bit different to have an extra two points extra six points here and there you wouldn't be two points adrift of Hamilton at the bottom of the league just a bit mm. of a worry that uh, they didn't go on and win that because I think Hearts were there they are a particularly good defensive side but I think they there was chances there for to get in the second, put a down shot as well, but a bit worrying that they're not picking up wins yet to County. Well, look at County's next couple of games because they're two huge ones. Mm. They're away to St Johnson's side, obviously we've mentioned, mm-hmm. that are inconsistent and are only now six, they're only six points above mm-hmm. Ross County, albeit with a couple of games in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, St Johnson have just won three home games all season and then they're at home to Park Thistle who have won just once on the road and as I say Park are only three points above them as well Mm. played the same amount of games Um, Mm. so those are two massive games coming up Mm. for Ross County yeah two wins pulls them right out of it and drags St Johnson even further into it two defeats Mm. and they could see themselves quite far adrift with Hamilton the amount of games they've got in hand they've got three in hand I think Um, it could two two uh, could be an absolutely pivotal two games those well I think it will be I think two draws even could still see them cut adrift even further Um, Mm. looks like uh, Coyle's starting to get a bit more of a the way they play across to them which might come in handy given the the running and end of the season yeah it's been a difficult start for Coyle but that's a win at Dundee and Mm. a draw with Hearts and I kind of feel sometimes that when teams Get, feel aggrieved by a, a decision which Ross County might mm. um, they'll go on and kick on and mm. try, try and rectify that so that could yeah. potentially stoke a fire so mm. to speak in some Ross County bellies but we'll move from the bottom of the top flight to the top of the second, I was going to say bottom flight obviously it's the second <laughs> so uh, we'll just ignore mm. that and we'll talk about St Mirren Livingston instead mm. 
the gap at the top's down to 11 points. Livingston mm. are a game in hand. St. are still huge favourites. But mm. let's give Livingston all the credit in the world because yeah. that's a phenomenal result for them. And David mm. Hopkins, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. Particularly when you consider they went behind as well. It's incredible because sitting at uh, Somerset on Saturday thinking, here, here we go again. Somerset get an early goal, go in and win 2-0, 2-1. Just comfortable as it, as it has been in the last three or four months it seems um, but absolute credit to Livingston they've put themselves in with a brilliant chance of <laughs> not necessarily Cats and St Mirren but solidifying second which looks like uh, admittedly we do have two po- two games in hand but there's absolutely no reason why they won't finish first uh, second even that's how pessimistic you are you think you you think Livingston are a a better team than Dundee United or um, yes this season definitely I would have to say that that is a worrying t- a sign of the times really mm-hmm. isn't it for yeah. Dundee United but there's also all credit to Livingston mm-hmm. who were am I making I'm not making they were in the League 1 last season weren't they yeah, Livingston? yeah mm-hmm. I thought that that's remarkable mm-hmm. because I mean they they absolutely romped League 1 yeah I was trying to remember if it was just like, if it was last season or two mm-hmm. seasons ago I've seen them a few times last season mm-hmm. And they they were clearly miles too good for yeah. for League One, but they they came up and they've lost a few players, mm-hmm. and they've just created a team that's even good by Championship standards. Mm-hmm. Um, they've fired the goals in as well. Goal difference is ten better than Dundee United's yeah. too. Um, how long until David Hopkin is looking at, at a bigger job mm. than Livingston? I was thinking about that during the week, given that Jack Ross is so heavily. Linked and interviewed for the Barnsley job, I thought St Mirren might go for Hopkin. I think he was one of the more obvious candidates to replace mm. him. I think that would have been a fairly good appointment. Uh, how far, how much further up the ladder he can go, I'm not sure. He's got a very good team. I just don't know if he's one of the managers there in Livingston. He's got a side that plays for him and set up the way he wants to, whether he can do that at Premiership Club or not, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's maybe not. It's kind of you get Ross. You get the obvious comparison between Jack Ross mm-hmm. and David Hopkins. I think Jack Ross is much more of an attractive manager, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, he plays a nicer style of football. It's yeah. easier on the eye. Maybe it's because St. men are a bigger club. You hear more about them mm-hmm. um, about Jack Ross, but Hopkins surely can do a job in the top flight. Yeah. The last year and a half, you've got to argue for being one of the best managers in the SPFL. By well, mm-hmm. apart from he's got to be up there. I mean, they've romped League One and now they're second in the championship. Mm-hmm. First time of asking, it's an incredible mm-hmm. achievement. Um, another two games in the championship. Mm-hmm. We won't touch too much on Queen of South and and Greg Morton. That's kind of a game that Morton mm-hmm. are fourth, um, just five points behind Dundee United, and Queen yeah. of South are sixth. Not too much change there, but there's something changing at Falkirk because they are just mm. six points from the playoffs now. And for the first time, they're closer to the playoffs than they are to mm. the relegation spots, uh, places below them, mm-hmm. albeit Dumbarton have three games in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that was, they made really hard work of, of Brecon, didn't they? 93rd mm-hmm. win, I think, Yeah, Kubiak scored. A very, a very, very late winner. Um, um, he he looks like a good player on loan mm-hmm. from Watford. Scored a lot. I think is that his sixth goal since signing. Um, looks a real find. Anyway, I think credit goes to Paul Hartley. He's rejuvenated that club in January. 
a lot of outgoings, mm. quite a few big players going like Mark Kerr, Lee Miller, uh, Lee Miller and um, Hippolyte as well and Nathan Austin before them. But you can imagine good players on the pitch and big characters, particularly Miller and Kerr, getting rid of them in one window's um, brave, I'd, I'd say from Hartley. And then bringing in these, these youngsters like Robertson, uh, Robson, Yukubiak. And fair play to him, he's seen results, and I, I don't think finishing the playoffs is out of reach. I think they might just struggle given the amount of teams above them. But yeah, go and and this is they're in brilliant form. So that, fair play to them. They Hartley's been brave. He could have just said, right, we've got a, a bunch of experienced pros. We'll just aim for eighth. But no, he's going playing fairly attractive football, and looks like he might just sneak the top four. Yeah, it has been. I, I think I said on, I'm not sure if it was the last podcast or two podcasts ago, I, I really, I think Paul Hartley's a, a very clever man and I think mm-hmm. he's a good manager. And I think this sort of January will define his career at Falkirk and I think mm-hmm. we are going to see the best of him. I think he'll be a real success. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you say, to get rid of so many players and it was a hectic January mm-hmm. and be able to turn results around straight away right after January is, is a credit to him. Mm-hmm. Um you were at League One football mm-hmm. on Saturday. You were at Air United against East Fife. How was the Rangers hangover for the honest men? Um, there was not one event at all by the looks of it. Uh, Air were particularly good, I thought. McDade's goal was brilliant. Really, really nice. Try and find that goal somewhere if you can. Cuts in, well, I think it was on his left foot. Uh, sort of similar to Paul McMullen's goal against Aberdeen last weekend. Very similar, in fact. Um, Shanklin, I was really impressed with his running. Uh, caused their defence so, so many problems. Had a wee bit of a vested interest in these five because they'd signed Scott Ardice alone on the Friday night, thinking here's a mm. player that I, I wouldn't... Ex- given the amount of midfielders we've got in the squad um, at United, I thought he might just go out alone, but I would have liked to, ke- uh, to keep him. He's quite versatile, play centre-half. Um, mm. But thinking, I didn't think he'd walk this league given he's so young, but I, th- I expected better from him, but... I think that was testament to Kerr and Adams to just boss the midfield. Um, Kerr particularly, I thought, was really good. In, particularly in the first half, I think in the second half he seemed to tire and his passing was a bit looser. But Mark, I, first half, I thought Mark Kerr just dominated the game. Um, just so many attacking options as well for Ayr. I noticed that. Just Maybe it's because I'm, the players that we see uh, most weeks at Tardyce are just drivel. And the the players they're bringing, they're bringing in for already established players like like Craig Moore and Forrest coming off the bench, just great strength and depth for a third tier side. Mm. It's actually interesting to hear Mark Kerr playing well, and mm. he, I didn't even realise he was back from injury already because mm. on his debut he hobbled off after fifteen yeah. minutes. The kind of groans from the the air fans saying, "Oh well, there goes the Rangers money. That's mm-hmm. it over. Um, won't see him again in an air shirt." But yeah, I thought it was a good sign at the time, mm. and I think Adams is a good player as well mm. um, at League One level. Um, clean sheet's important as well I think for Air because that defence has been makeshift recently mm-hmm. um, but we'll go through League 1 Air's rivals drew mm. 2-2 at Albion Rovers Alan Troughton what would Albion mm. Rovers do without him mm. that's their first point in after five straight losses I think they're into the relegation zone for the first time Alan mm. Troughton's still the top scorer in the league mm. joint with Lawrence Shankland that's well quite something for him um, but Wraith dropping points means Air are six points behind with a game in hand mm. title race 
well and truly back on as well Air mm. five better goal difference so how do you see that finishing Air mm. or Wraith it, yeah it, it needed a weekend like this it needed a swing a double swing a big win for yeah. Air and a draw or defeat for Wraith I think Air they've obviously brilliant going forward but they, they're similar to Rangers and they've got so many defensive problems they, they didn't get caused too many problems but Ice Fife but they did look a bit shaky at times Maybe that's coming from the back, like the keeper not instilling that much confidence. But um, Wraith haven't been particularly great recently. I'd probably say Wraith have still got enough to hold on, but it's brilliant to see a title race in one of the divisions. Yeah, it's kind of... And obviously Livingston won mm. comfortably against St Mirren, but I think this is probably the best, closest title race, maybe. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm... I'm I'm talking shite. League two is just much closer. Yeah, like, totally. It's way closer. I mean, there's St. Peter Edith, six, six. Drift was yeah, two, two games. games in hand. I was forgetting two games in hand. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think League two is probably going to be mm. your best title race. But it's good to see kind of at least the two lowest leagues with a mm-hmm. with with title races. But at the at the arse end of League one, we've also got a very exciting relegation battle because mm-hmm. Forfar decided to just destroy Sir at mm. the weekend. They, they put five past them. Mm. They're off the bottom, I think they were bottom before that, try to look at the table and figure out if they would mm. have been um, depends how heavily Queen's Park were beaten, 2-1, that does not make that easy, they were <laughs> bottom yes, they were bottom mm. um, going into the game and they won 5-1, mm. Jim Weir's side out of the relegation zone for the first time since mm. he took over, I think mm. um, a great managerial appointment a great managerial yeah. appointment massive, they've just been a great success since he's come in and I kind of fancy them to Keep it up. I don't think they'll finish tenth now, which is which will be massive for them. I think I, mm. this season, particularly, I think I don't think you want to finish bottom two either, given how strong the two at the top of the two are. Yeah, so you get four for twenty four points. Albion twenty three, mm. and Queens Park twenty one. Mm-hmm. Are Queens Park gonna finish bottom? Mm, I'd say yes. I think I'll I'd back Albion Rovers to get a couple of points in their games in hand. Uh, maybe see Queen's Park cut adrift a wee bit but another exciting race in that division and there's a race for promotion as well a mm. very very good division this year yeah of course for the 3rd, 4th and 5th mm. and 6th even 7th mm. there's there's 9 points between them but mm-hmm. obviously if it's Ra who have had their so many financial problems had to sell half their team so mm-hmm. they could well they're 11 points 12 points clear of the relegation, so you'd probably say they're fine in that regard. Mm-hmm. They're three points from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Alan or Broth, everybody's been saying, they played out apparently what was a real stinker of a 0 0 <laughs> at Gayfields mm-hmm. at the weekend. Um, and then you've got Airdrie, who, well, have always kind of been the basket case of this league, but seem to be fine now. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're sitting okay in the middle of the table. And East Fife, who I just don't have a clue about East Fife. Mm. I think they're the most inconsistent team. They did not um, offer a lot on Saturday. No. Didn't not they? not a, not a challenger in terms of top four. I'd imagine not. Admittedly, I've only seen East Fife. I think that was the second time I've seen them this season. So I, I can absolutely not make a sweeping statement, but mm. or a conclusive statement even. But well, given the table, yeah. Yeah, they're actually closer to the bottom mm-hmm. too, and they've played. They've got three games. They played three games more than our both, so mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm talking about them in regards to the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think they'll probably be looking downwards rather than up. Yeah. Um, but I think Queen's Park are going to be the ones to go down. I, I, I mm-hmm. agree with you. I think League yeah. Two, at the top of League Two, Peter Head in the playoffs, I'd be worried, mm-hmm. whoever I was, in uh, finishing ninth in League One. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll go on and talk now about Peter Head because they just continue to chuck away points mm-hmm. against teams lower down the table. And that's, again, against Berwick. I think they've already lost to Berwick at home this season. They've now drawn with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're six points behind Montrose, two games in hand, but they're making it almighty... A mountain out of a molehill here, mm-hmm. aren't they really? Yeah, they should. It seems recently they just can't, can't win. Really, can't win. yeah, just a mental <laughs> block or something. Just maybe it's the pressure of chasing Montrose. Mm. Uh, that is huge pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but Montrose themselves they drew away at Elgin. Mm. Uh, Elgin quite a difficult side to read actually mm-hmm. but as I asked the guys last week on the pod two weeks ago on the podcast Montrose are, are Atletico Madrid Peterhead of Barcelona who's <laughs> winning that league Atletico Montrose Atletico yeah <laughs> um, Cal and I think the other guys mm. all fancied Barcelona to win it and they've got the best player in yeah. division Montrose and Sean Dillon. Sean Dillon, mm-hmm. yeah. a player who could easily be playing championship football. Yeah, easily, absolutely. Mm. Uh, he wanted to stay at Dundee United, of yeah. course, but he, um, I think Dundee United probably looking back wasn't the wisest decision to get rid yeah. of him. It's not like Dundee United at the moment to make a very poor long term decision, but. <laughs> um, just below Peterhead, we've got Sterling Albion, who are actually mm. they've, they've won four games in a row. Mm. Um, and Stennis Muir who just seem to go win-lose, win-lose, win-lose at the moment <laughs> uh, they both won at the weekend mm-hmm. and are both still in, in contention for mm-hmm. a playoff place and, and both going to be very hard opponents mm-hmm. as well um, in the playoffs aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, it looks like they might just be consolidating that top four four points a gap to Elgin now who are obviously not particularly consistent themselves as you no. alluded to but it looks like it might just be starting to form a more clear top four with the two teams having half an eye and catching Peter Head I don't think they will but four uh, six points isn't undoable as Peter Head hope themselves hmm. um, we're going to end League 2 by just giving a moment to Clyde mm-hmm. they've won five games in a row mm-hmm. Danny Clyde, that, yeah the Danny Lennon effect is mm. finally kicking in and so is the David Goodwillie effect yeah Lennon seems to be getting the best out of Goodwillie it's been a bit of chat uh, of late amongst United fans if we would take him back oof um, and what is, the, what is the general consensus here it seems like they would or we would um, I don't know I think the circumstances being how poor we are and he is in a very good run of form I think that's maybe swaying people because he was very poor for us the second t- or the time he came back and I'm not sure how comfortable I'd feel having someone with his past playing for the club personally mm. So your opinion is that you don't want him back in, at Tannadice? I'd rather not but I think if we did sign him and he s- scored 30 goals I think I'd probably change my opinion <laughs> I know football fans are fickle mm-hmm. um, 
score goals and they'll love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, which I suppose is fair enough because that's what football's kind of for, yeah. I suppose, uh, winning games, mm-hmm. which Goodwillie seems to be doing a lot mm-hmm. of for Clyde right now. I'd actually probably credit him. I think he's scored the winner. I mean, there was a, th- a streak where they won three games in a row late mm-hmm. on. I think he's scored the winner on all them. Mm-hmm. He's got a double against Cowden Beef at the weekend. Yeah. Um, Cowden Beef, who have now gone 24 without a win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 10 it. points, and they are mm-hmm. dead. They're dead. My only one real experience with Cowden Beef and their players was waiting outside Tannadice uh, after reporting on the game. And one of the players on the bus, I couldn't quite see who it was, but he looked quite young. Uh, gave me the middle finger just because. So, in a way, I'm quite glad to see them <laughs> what? toiling. Yeah, it was, it was unprovoked. There was a group of fans who'd been waiting on the United players to get signatures. Um, and I was standing maybe 10 yards away. There was clear, a clear divide between the two of us. I was dressed fairly smartly, and they were not. Uh, <laughs> and they were given the, the uh, team bus abuse after getting beat, I think it was 4-1. Um, and they gave... The the players gave no nothing back, and then one boy seen me and just gave me the middle finger. So I'm actually quite <laughs> quite glad they're toiling. Jeez, oh, I'm not sure mm. what's what's worse here: the mm. fact that Cowden Beath players has flipped you the the finger, mm. or the fact that Dundee United fans think it's acceptable to take the piss out of Cowden Beath yeah. FC after a four one win in the in the League Cup. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it was quite surreal. It was a an odd experience, yeah. sobering. <laughs> That is, yeah, that's sobering mm. just hearing the experience. Never mind mm. having actually gone through that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought we were wrapping it up with Clyde, mm. um, but we'll wrap up the podcast there. That's League Two touched upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've also opened your heart to the listeners. Yeah. Um, so that <laughs> I think they're all probably ready to, to stop listening to the podcast mm-hmm. now as well. Mm. Um, so we'll just put them out of their misery. Yeah. <laughs> As always, you can you can get us on the on Twitter at Burstball Scottish Football Burstball Podcast. I think it is uh, Burstball Scottish Football Podcast on Facebook. And well, yeah, this will be available on SoundCloud. Let us know what you think. Uh, send us a tweet, reply on SoundCloud. Send us a, a message on Facebook. And um, hope you enjoy it. 